I'm Tyler, Kentucky Tractor Generator. I'm Connery, Captain Clip-On Hanson. <laughs> hey! I almost forgot about that one. <laughs> And this is The Franchise, the podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Today we're recording live from inside your Christmas tree like a couple of gremlins. Don't look. Um, just don't worry, but don't look over there. <laughs> just just assume that we're there, but in a, in a more benevolent way. Or a couple of mogwai in your tree, we're, not a... We're benign. Like a tumor like in the, your tree. Like the good kind of tumor. <laughs> the good Wait, tumor. What? It's better than the other kind. It's true. It's, it's better than the other kind. It's better than, uh, uh, than a Gabriel tumor on the back of your head. Yes. We're not having any malignancies. <laughs> what a perfect time to bring up the film Malignant. It really is. And I feel spoil like it. I feel like it's getting a lot of traction these days for some reason. <clears throat> yeah. Day after Christmas? Yeah. I mean, I guess it is, you know, Christmas is over now. It is. It's so, well and done. May as well talk about <laughs> foul Christmas movie. is so done. <laughs> Some would say that Christmas is canceled. Ooh. But uh, we're not that kind of podcast. Mm-mm. Not yet. Not yet. Connery did mention he wants us to uh, move to Texas as a podcast, but we're not one of those podcasts yet. <laughs> you take my quotes <laughs> and twist them and twist <laughs> Until they resemble some backwards-headed creature. I took Connery's quote, threw water on it, and multiplied, yeah. fed it some chicken. <laughs> when actually, I said, I wish we could just move to a state similar to Texas and just live like kings. Hey, everybody living in Texas or a state like Texas, are you living like kings out there? They probably get to have better houses than we do. Yeah. <laughs> By having a house. By having a house! <laughs> <laughs> But that's okay. We don't need houses because we have a podcast. That's right. The the what's called the radio waves are our home. <laughs> <laughs> Much like I'm, I'm surprised they're not like a radio wave gremlin. The e- your earwax is our summer home. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Are you are you trying to connect this to Osmosis Jones again? In some yeah, way? why not? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Tie it all back. Thrax. <laughs> just just say thrax. Everyone's favorite virus. Yeah. Um. Is his name Thrax because it's like anthrax? Is he anthrax? Is he a poison? He says he's a virus. Maybe he is anthrax and we just never put that together. The monkey has anthrax? Yeah, it's like an animal disease. Really? I learned this in a recent film that I saw that I may recommend. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. But uh, it's not a Christmas movie. Maybe I won't. The monkey has anthrax. <laughs> there you go, folks. He's also got a gun. I bet you can't guess what we're talking about today. <laughs> The monkey's also got a gun. I said gremlins so many oh, times already. Okay, good. I mentioned it many times. <laughs> For those who don't ever read the episode title, we're covering the Christmas film, Gremlins. Perhaps the best Christmas film of all time? I don't know. Candy Coated Christmas has a beat in a lot of categories oh, God, for me. You're right. That one does have Pioneer Woman. <laughs> it does. This one just has a story about a dad who gets stuck in a chimney dressed as Santa Claus. Oh that part is so out of left field, and it really did disturb me. <laughs> Because that dad's an idiot. Wow. So he mean. is. That's so, so creepy. To that fictional character. You're so mean. I'm so mean to the fictional character. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. Day after Christmas, like I said already. Covering a Christmas movie. It's our final chance to do so. And figured me as well. Why not do Gremlins? I've seen it before. I like it a lot. This is, Connery, this is your first time seeing it, right? Yes, first time. And the second one's not a Christmas movie. It's not. As far as I know, huh. I haven't seen it, actually. But I've always been wa- I've always wanted to. Are there any Boxing Day movies? I don't know. You know, my family celebrates Boxing Day, but we call it All St. Jammies Day. 
Actually, that's the day this is coming out. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. I feel but like before we talk about, yeah, we're gonna talk about what's new in our lives, which means you know nothing actual personal. <laughs> Uh, nothing actually personal just uh what we've been you watching don't get to know us okay <laughs> what is a podcast for but to not know the hosts we'll never let you in <laughs> we'll never let you in but we will let you into our texas home pull up i have a lovely cow skin rug for you to put your feet on hopefully not laced with anthrax let me take off your 10 gallon hat for you <laughs> and fill it with water <laughs> water you'll it's a long trip back to the barn or gatorade if you prefer this is the point of the podcast where jacob's just like get on with it already <laughs> pretty much well we're just gonna talk about any new movies any new games books media yeah anything connor what's new with you well what's new with me i saw spider-man no way home with you with the audience <laughs> with you tyler Jennerings, oh and lily young and pat wynell my way to dox everybody <laughs> All previous guests on the show. Is it doxing I say where they live? I'm no. just mentioning them. We all saw it at our home, the AMC at Americana. Yes, our, our lovely home. Perhaps the last movie I'll see in a theater for a little while. Yeah. Because of the Omicron. 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 <laughs> it's Omicron. It's Omicron? Yeah. I thought it was Omicron. No, it's not from Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have to make some corrections. <laughs> Isn't Omnicron from Transformers? Yeah, you feel like he should be. It's like Galvatron's like final form or something. Oh, there's Omnicron and Unicron, uh, and I put the two words together. Ah, there you go. One of them's the planet. One of them's the dude. I love. I think I liked Unicron a lot. I thought he was fun. Like the one of the last seasons of the Transformers show. Is he the planet or is yeah? He... He's the planet. Okay, so he's both a dude and a planet. Yeah, he turns into a big man. <laughs> it's a huge a, a big human a big man in jeans <laughs> a big human man <laughs> wearing jeans <laughs> but nothing else just jinko jeans <laughs> and no top <laughs> and he has two sub <laughs> submachine gun uzis strapped to him like chuck norris it's beautiful um, <laughs> Probably one of the better designs of Transformers. What are we talking about? What's new with you, Connor? We I saw Spider-Man. No way home. Yeah. And boy, How are we going to get through this one without spoiling it? I don't know. Uh, it was. It was. Please good. don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> it was good. You know, it was. It was a fun movie. It's probably up there with one of my favorite Spider-Man movies. I would say my favorite of the Marvel universe for sure. Yeah. Right after we saw it, you said it was. Maybe one of your favorite superhero movies. Yes. Period. Wow. I would say it's for a Spider movie, it's right below Spider Verse for me. Where does that rank? Is Spider Verse number one? Um, in terms of like Spider Man movies, Spider Verse is number one for me, yes. Where's Spider Man two? Below it's below uh, <laughs> Oh it's below, opinions. It's below anything. <laughs> yes. It's below Spider Man one for me, because I like Spider Man one a lot more oh. than Spider Man two. Because of Green Goblin? Yes, just because of Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. <laughs> well, it's mean, the sole reason why I, I think I enjoyed No Way From Home so much is Willem Dafoe and really? his performance in it. Yes, he's yeah. so good. He's even more maniacal in this movie. Yes. Oh, he's terrifying. <laughs> he's like at the point. I mean, he just he he's always in RC stuff. But I just keep on thinking of the lighthouse mm -hmm. and just like I feel like the older he gets, the more like intentionally demented he gets. Yeah. He can just like really unleashes himself in mm -hmm. movies. So 
let me know if this is a spoiler, but like when he, like he laughs in Spider-Man's face after taking that beating, I was like, it didn't feel Joker. It just felt like Willem Dafoe just screaming at his yeah. face. I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my god. That's not a spoiler. That's just that's just a a typical Wednesday for Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt like this like this isn't Green Goblin. This is Willem Dafoe just like laughing at him. I was like, oh my god. It's also really wild because he like has the powers but he's like 20 years older than that movie yeah so he's just a really strong like 65 year old man yeah <laughs> which is kind of cool Tom Holly, a 26 year old getting the <laughs> yeah. shit kicked out i of mean him. he's supposed to be in high school yeah, yeah. a high school guy's fighting a 65 <laughs> yeah. year old man who's super powerful he's a menace <laughs> but uh yeah i guess we can both highly recommend spider-man no way home yeah it's fantastic amazing i, I liked a lot too yeah it's probably top three spider-man movies for mm. me i think so mm. maybe fourth fourth so you have like what into the Spider Verse, um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man two, Spider-Man two, <laughs> Spider-Man two. <laughs> just jump, I'm just gonna, Spider-Man two. Just jump out the window right now. <laughs> Butterfingers. You know that's why this wasn't my favorite. Uh, Spoiler alert: Doc Ock doesn't say "Oops, Spiderfingers" to the, anybody. He says the power of the sun and pull my hand three times, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was a little much. Well. Some of the characters are are like say their lines again, and I, I liked yeah. it because it kind of plays into into the story. I think. Yeah. But um, Spider Man Two, Spider Verse, Spider Man One, and then this. I think that's good. Yeah. That's those. Are, that's good company. But yeah, Spider Man No Way Home is great. Uh, you can only see it in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. But just, just you wait. Do with that what you will. But I mean, it's made plenty of money, and uh, you should look after yourself with. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Unicron out and about. <laughs> Omicron. <laughs> Unicron. I heard this guy Unicron has om- Omicron. I can't even say it anymore. I got it all mixed up. I keep on wanting to say Omnicron now. Because <laughs> Omnicron sounds cooler than Omcom. Unicron has the Omicron, which is also the AllSpark. <laughs> and you have to put on the 4D glasses to get through the uh, ride. To get the AllSpark. It's a really bad experience. <laughs> I like that ride's pretty good. It's probably like better than any of the movies. Did that get replaced by something else? I forget. No, it's still there. Oh, okay, good. We're talking about the Transformers ride at Universal Studios, yeah. everyone. Hollywood. Uh, Terminator 2 got replaced by a Despicable Me ride. That's very true. Which I've only been on once when I was really hungover. <laughs> I bet you really enjoyed it. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really fun. Never seen any of those movies. But you enjoyed it? But uh, I guess that'll be the bit for when we cover Despicable, Despicable Me. Yeah. We'll just have to be incredibly hungover when we talk about that. I like I would just get plastered in the jammer like <laughs> No, you have to drink during the day and then uh, record right after. Okay. And gotcha. so you're just exhausted. Exhausted. Okay, that makes sense. Do you have any Christmas recommendations though? Do I have any Christmas recommendations? <laughs> Christmas movies, Christmas cookies. Eat a Christmas cookie. Watch Klaus. <laughs> Um, uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. I watch Jim Carrey's The Grinch at some point every year. Watch it; it's amazing. You like it? I love it. It's one of my favorites. What? Why? What do you mean? Why? It's funny. I don't know. I feel like I watched Lily and I watched it like last year or two years ago, and <laughs> at this point we're just like, I don't know. It's just everyone looks creepy. That's why like, it's great. Everyone looks weird and demented, and it's yeah. funny. <laughs> Jim Carrey's funny, uh, for sure. Like he's great in that movie. Yeah, it's literally the Jim Carrey show. That's why it's funny. Yeah. Is that partly why you're so excited for Sonic the Hedgehog 2? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it looks like he steals the show in that. But I don't know. There's so many good lines. That my family just has so many quotes we scream at each other during the holiday season from that movie. Like when he... Oh, it's cut away. He's calling. <laughs> Telling he's too late. Um, <laughs> we're 20 minutes in. He's too late. <laughs> Cutter was supposed to record with us today, but he'll be on for Gremlins 2. Yeah. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Keep all of it in. Look, look, we watched the movie today. Okay, here's here's the whole story. Here's the whole story. We'll yeah. continue with what's new in a minute. Mm. I'm just going to break it all down right now yeah. because we hear that some listeners love it when we go on tangents. Yeah. Um but anyways, it is pertinent to what to what happened today. What what conspired? It's what's new. It is what's new. <laughs> uh me Connery and Cutter White were supposed to go see Gremlins and Gremlins 2 at the New Beverly Cinema today. Mm-hmm. Tonight, in fact. Uh, Timestamp, December 22nd. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even though this comes out the day after Christmas. Right uh, around now, we should be, first Gremlin will be starting up. Yes, and it still is without us. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Omicron's uh, not enough information out, and Christmas is like days away. Mm-hmm. About to see family and a lot of reasons, basically. Yeah, we universally decided, like, you know what? It's probably a better idea just to, like, hedge our bets and not go. Yeah, I keep hearing more and more stories of people testing positive and stuff mm-hmm. in the film world and otherwise. So we just watched it on HBO Max. So, hey, you can yeah. watch Gremlins on HBO Max as well as the sequel. Easy peasy. Um, do that instead. But... Yeah, that was our plan for tonight, mm-hmm. and we're we were do a very to... late night recording. <laughs> yeah, we were planning. We're, we had a whole bit where we was trying to not tell Connery, but he found out yesterday. <laughs> or he's just like, "So when are we recording the episode?" I'm like, "Uh, soon." <laughs> he's like, "Are we supposed to do it like after the movies?" I'm like, "Yeah," because the whole idea was to get Connery to stay up past midnight because he would turn into a gremlin because yep. he goes to bed at nine p.m. See, I thought about this as soon as you as soon as you told me that, and then I got home and I was like. Why am I the one that's going to be the one that's like, you're the one that gets tired after 11 p.m.? Only at parties. <laughs> Only at parties! You just fall asleep on the couch at 8 p.m. You know it's true. That is true. Yeah, no, that, that's real. That's real life. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it. I just know that uh, maybe we'd all I be tired. A, I'd be a little miserable. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to have an edgy episode. <laughs> With gremlins, because the movie itself is a little edgy. Yeah, you'd have a very edgy Connery, probably. Just being like, let's hurry up and finish this. All right, any Christmas recommendations, Connery? Perhaps one about a snowman that comes to life. Oh, Jack Frost. That's <laughs> right. Thank you for reminding me. I watched Jack Frost for the first time with Secret Third Host, Lily Young, and Tyler yeah. Dennery. We made Connery come over and put the um, Clockwork Orange machine on his face. <laughs> to watch Jack Frost. Yeah, my eyes were peeled open, and I was like, "What? Okay." So I was like, "Look at the snowboard scene! Look at him go! Look!" And I'm like, "Ah!" And then you entered the the uh, became the Star Child. You entered the portal. <laughs> yeah, it's a bum 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 bum. And then you whisked away into magic dust without saying a single word to your wife or child. <laughs> Would even, I wouldn't even look at them. <laughs> 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 See, Jack Frost, it's good. <laughs> I'm not laughing at Jack Frost. You're laughing at something that happens in Jack Frost. <laughs> that doesn't happen in Jack Frost. Basically, his wife shows up and like, he's like, Jack? And then he just like looks at her and disappears. He doesn't even say he anything. He flashes with the bird. <laughs> well, he's an edgy guy. He's a rock star with sideburns. So, yes. Yeah, so there I was watching Jack Frost and screaming and... It's an interesting film, uh, a film about family and uh, lack thereof, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It, it frightened me several times. <laughs> the puppet snowman's a little unnerving. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> 
you, I mean, I remember you did yourself declaring, this is fine, just like going crazy for the snowball, snowboard scene. Yeah, that scene is really good. Yeah. Best scene in cinema, but the rest of the movie's pretty bad. Yeah, it was okay. He uh, goes on a sled that breaks into two, and then it becomes a snowboard. And then uh, <laughs> hilarity ensues. The music's really good. Wait, Wait what's, what's this? this? Oh, a, Christ- <laughs> a Christmas <laughs> gift. <laughs> Wait, what is- you're just making extreme turkey sounds into the mic. It's the Skype sound. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were gonna add that in like in post. But I thought I guess about it. I didn't want. I didn't want to pay organically. I didn't want to pay Pawn Five money. It's a Christmas gift. Cutter White made it just in time for Christmas. Cutter oh, White. It's the ghost of Christmas past. What? <laughs> Ghost of Christmas Past, Cutter White. It's the Gremlin of Christmas Past. It's the Gremlin Christmas Past, dead. He saw recorded after midnight. <laughs> yeah, as I I did explain to our uh, captive audience, as long as they don't hit the pause button, they are captive. Mm-hmm. Um, that we were supposed to go to the New Bev and Omicron invaded, like some sort of Megatron. Like a um, transformer from outer space. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where that analogy was going. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, but we just watched the movie separately instead, and you, we weren't sure if the schedule would work out or whatever. I don't know what was going on, but you arrived. It all works out. It. And uh, God bless the new Beverly. Huge fans. It just is a little <laughs> uh, concerning with our proximity to other things in our lives. So yeah. ding ding. It has nothing to do with the theater itself, and like we said on, we were talking on the phone earlier, Cutter, that they are actually checking vaccination cards there as opposed mm. to the AMC that we just went to. Yes, uh, they did not. They have hey. a, a lovely staff that is um, trying absolutely all they can to do to make yeah. sure everyone's safe, which is awesome. So um, happy to buy tickets and not even go. We love them that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something I've done multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Yes, hey, I new, mean, I agree. <laughs> new Beverly Cinema, please sponsor us. Sponsor us. Somebody please sponsor us. Even though you have your own podcast and AMC, somebody please sponsor us. Even though they have their own podcast too. Uh, new Bev? Yeah. Yeah. Tarantino like did like a four hour episode on there recently. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to, to the yet, uh, Pure Cinema podcast. Those guys. Those guys Damn. go really hardcore. Like they're so in depth. It's insane. We're pretty hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Connor just instantly laughs. I can't even laughs. keep a straight face. <laughs> he just instantly laughs. Uh, I would be surprised if AMC has a podcast. But hey, we just uh, called them out on something. But hey, sponsor like Stubbs or something. Do you want to be like the Stubbs podcast? Ooh, AMC Stubbs A list. Ooh. Where they cover all AMC movies and the video game Stubbs the Zombie. Yes. Um, Cutter. Yes. We are here doing our What's New segment. We were just talking about Jack Frost. Connor, you finish that up and we'll have Cutter talk about any Christmas uh, festivities or movies he's been uh, I I was disturbed for the most part. Um, it's a strange movie about a strange man who becomes a snowman. And I saw Tyler jump up and down for joy for like <laughs> 10 minutes. And then the movie, before I know it was over, and with I, the man fading into heaven or hell. And then I fell back asleep. <laughs> you fell back asleep. Cutter, have you seen the uh, Michael Keaton film Jack Frost? I have not. I very specifically remember the movie coming out in the late... 90s or early 2000s and um, something like that yeah remember being a little 
disturbed by like the <laughs> face later in life i do know that it has like a big following with like frank zappa fans did you know about that no frank what is zappa this fans. like okay so i don't know if you're big on zappa but like in the music world he has like these pretty interesting kids like they're dweezil and moon unit and they all have yeah. their own followings in their own right you know because crazy fandom yeah. and i think all of those kids are in jack frost Oh. Oh yeah, I just I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. You're totally right. I didn't notice. Yeah. Is Weasel the mean kid? I I um... having not seen the movie, I have no idea. But I <laughs> I I have seen it mentioned. <laughs> I have seen it mentioned like in passing on Zappa recording things. They're like, "Oh yeah, this one's a great thing because it's tangentially related to Jack Frost." Okay. Good job, <laughs> Zappa fans. Like I have no idea um henry rollins is in it he's the snowplow guy <laughs> holy shit this sounds like a must <laughs> and apparently stevie Rayvon is in it as himself but i don't even remember that as part. himself yeah maybe he's in the beginning because michael keaton's in a in a jack frost themed rock band even because his name is jack frost but like they only sing like christmas rock music yeah. i mean with the name that specific what else are you gonna do so maybe it has quite the like music heritage and following on it. I had I just remember the poster and the snowman looking a little demented. Yeah, I, apparently George Clooney was supposed to voice him originally, so he looks more like George Clooney than he does Michael Keaton. <laughs> wow, I am kind of see, but I too am doing my uh, well-researched Wikipedia thread, and <laughs> wow, I can't. Laszlo Kovacs shot this movie. What in yeah. God's name is this thing? Well, you know, Cutter, we're hardcore here, so we don't need any other uh, we, research we go besides Wikipedia. Pretty hardcore here. <laughs> pretty hardcore. Well, it's now going on my letterbox because Kovacs shot it. <laughs> well, so have fun with that. Um, Make sure you record the part where the snowman is on a snowboard. Send it to Tyler uh, so he can get me. some joy in his life. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way I get joy anymore. <laughs> it's a really specific thing. All right, Cutter, what's new with you? Well, speaking of the new Beverly, I did go to a Grindhouse double feature of some Christmas-themed slasher movies. Um, the Ooh. first one was called To All a Good Night. And it was kind of a post-Halloween slasher kind of thing, to the point where it even starts with a Santa Claus on the kind of title screen as the credits go, like the old pumpkin, but the Santa's on fire. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, it's a good little allusion to Halloween. So um, it is about... A bunch of teenagers that decide that they are not going to go home for Christmas. They are going to stay at their boarding school. And they are going to invite all of the boys over that also have no home for Christmas. And then... um, Boys night. Next thing you know, there's some hijinks ensue. And then a a creepy uh, groundskeeper shows up who happens to be wearing all red flannel pajamas and uh, people start getting uh you know knocked out and it had some very just like shockingly disturbing kills in the movie like i was totally like on the floor like dying at how absurd it was so to all a good night was strong strong recommendation i'm adding that to my list it's on paramount plus apparently 
Oh. You still have Paramount Plus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still have Discovery Plus also, Connery. Good. That's that one's good. Candy coated Christmas. And um, it's the only yeah, movie by this actor named David Hess, and he directed it, and he's in the movie, and I I don't know of him, but whenever he was on screen, people like lost their absolute shit. So there is some fandom around this David Hess that I don't know about. Um very interesting crowd. He is uh is he in Last House on the left? I guess. Oh yes. Yeah. That is totally what it is. And at the New Bev they played Last House on the Left trailer before it came on. So that you've you've done it. You've cracked the case. Wow. Hmm. See, I don't just use Wikipedia. I also use Letterboxd. Oh, it yeah, yeah. Pretty hardcore. Perhaps the most uh, <laughs> mentioned thing on this podcast, Letterboxd. Letterboxd. That's who you who need also the has their own podcast. from. Yeah. All these movie corporations yeah. having their own podcast. We and are our own corporation. We're about to IMC. <laughs> and then uh, the other one in the double. I myself out of here. <laughs> Connor's trying to talk about his movie recommendations. Sorry. See your way out of here. Connery's punchy. It's past 8 p.m. That's Connery's rule. For... We also explained that we originally we tried to record after midnight. Connery transform into his gremlin self. Yes. Yeah, he becomes the flashing gremlin. Oh. Flashing gremlin. Oh, my God. Well, Christ. speaking of uh, flashing, flashing and streaking, the other one in the double feature was this movie called Don't Open Till Christmas. And oh, God. it is uh, it takes place in, in London, which was really cool to see London and Scotland Yard kind of like trying to track down these this killer Christmas spirit guy. Um, cool thing. It very much reminded me recently of like, you know, last night in Soho and seeing some of yeah. these slashers not take place in, you know, U.S. sorority houses like so many of them yes. do. Um, so that was cool. And it basically is like the guy goes after anyone dressed up as Santa. So unlike the first movie, Ooh. which was Santa doing some killing, this is people dressed up as Santa get punished. Ah. And um, in this movie, guys, <laughs> there is a scene where a gentleman dressed as Santa is going to the bathroom and has his genitals attacked and i have never <laughs> heard a movie audience scream in this way in any movie i've ever seen it was is, so disturbing he got chopped off is he sitting down or is he pee like peeing he's, i mean i, guess he's, I imagine he's, it being he's, a urinal attack. yeah yeah he's at a urinal and he's like in between oh. shifts and it's just funny because it's in this terribly long paced movie and it's like it's deep in the lull of the movie and comes out of fucking nowhere. Ugh. And um, just like the snowboard scene in Jack Frost. Yes. It comes uh, out of nowhere and you scream. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was something else. It's all over the place. Um, really crazy kills. And like they go to some like punky London dungeon places and it's uh, all around. I thought it was very interesting to see like the eighties kind of slasher take in London. Nice. Punky dungeon is my new band name. Punky dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Uh, what's that movie called? That was called don't open till Christmas. And it's got a great movie poster of like a giant meat, like kitchen knife stuck into a package <laughs> that has blood spilling out of it. 
Is it as good, good. as the Chopping Mall poster? No, nothing is as good as Chopping Mall. <laughs> one of the greatest discoveries I've made this year. I will recommend Mixed Nuts by Nora Ephron. What was I even doing? I was wrapping gifts for this. Mm. Uh, for me? Chris... Moving on. <laughs> I was wrapping gifts for Christmas bingo, something that my grandma's always done. But recently I've been getting like more wacky gifts, uh, just like really random stuff. Like this year I got a, it'll be after Christmas at this point, so it's no surprise no, it's to fine. my entire immediate family that's listening to this episode. They love you that much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the raised eyebrows. <laughs> But you know, just like a giant gummy worm is a, is a prize. One was just a toilet bowl light. Oh, it's gonna be so um, gross. To dude, get. Tyler, I literally opened up about a movie where someone gets their genitals mutilated, and your whole family's gonna listen to this. Yeah, yeah I'll tell them specifically to yeah. listen to that. I'll send them just that clip. Actually, I will say, Cutter, my mom listens to every episode. Oh, well, this will be the first up? one about genital mutilation. <laughs> I mean, it does that's happen. Not... It does happen off camera. But it is quite oh, horrific. That's a so, oh yeah, big bummer. <laughs> big bummer. I just I feel like the movies we've talked about so far is pretty in line with Gremlins. It really like yeah. pose the line. Um, yeah, and, like chaotic energy. And mixed nuts is uh Steve Martin and uh, oh my god, why am I spacing on her name right now? Um, married to Tom Hanks. Any, anybody? Nobody. No, <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. No. <laughs> She's married to uh, Michael Douglas in Ant-Man. <laughs> Rita Wilson. It took me way too long. If Lily's listening to this, she's going, ugh. Um, Rita Wilson and a stacked cast of supporting characters, including Leah Schreiber. And uh, John Stewart even makes a cameo. Oh, but that's fun. Steve Martin and Rita Wilson run this like suicide hotline in Venice, California on Christmas Day. And uh, people are trying to come by to their place because they're like in crisis and like mm. just a bunch of phone calls. And um, I would say it's not a great movie, but it did make me laugh a few times. And it was nice having like an L.A. Christmas movie because that's usually I don't know. There are plenty, but like this was especially as like right by the beach in mm. Venice, like the boardwalk and everything. That sounds nice. It very much feels like a New Yorker's perspective on L.A. in a way. I mean, you know, Nora Ephron's like an incredibly talented Oh, of course, no reference, yeah. Writer and everything, but um, yeah, I don't know. Steve Martin's in it, so I laughed a few times. And Leah Shriver's great in it, and uh, Juliette Lewis is in it. There's just like a pretty stacked cast. It's on Peacock right now. Nice. I wouldn't say it's amazing or anything, but it's worth watching if you want like a little dark comedy for Christmas. Um, it's a little glib about <laughs> probably some serious issues, but uh, so like I said, mixed nuts, mixed bag. Ooh. <laughs> Put that on the VHS cover. Cutter, what's your personal experience with Gremlins? You have the you have you're the Gremlin Gremlins veteran here. Oh boy. Um Gremlins was one of those movies that we had in the house from man, you know, it was right next to Goonies on the VHS stack. It was always <laughs> around and uh probably with my cousins at five or six years old it was just always there kind of thing and i think when i was younger it was let's put it on at christmas time and then i would watch the first you know 20 30 minutes when it's all cute gizmo and then <laughs> yeah. i would fall asleep and it wasn't until 
you know, later in life did I really find uh, all of the magic and weirdness that is Gremlins. Um, yeah. But I've been I've been watching it. Uh, I it's one of those for me. I kind of am not so into the same Christmas movies every single year like people are with Die Hard or Christmas Vacation or you, you name the classics. But like Gremlins, I will watch. Well, I mean, Jack Frost is I still have time this season. Just, you know, <laughs> now I know. Uh, what were we talking about before that? We're talking about Gremlins. We're talking about Cutter's experience with Gremlins oh, and why he's the Grim expert. It's just the one that I can watch every year and not get sick of. I think it's just so much fun and kind of has this weird town folky vibe to it that's very lighthearted and then gets real disturbed so quickly and then forgets about it. Uh, I just love it. And I think the puppeteering and things is something that's stuck with me. um, It's pretty fun. For a long time. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's just interesting. And now when I watch it, I really gravitate towards like the back half of the movie. But I have such fond memories of the beginning as like a really young, young kid. Yeah, it almost starts off like really. I mean, besides the like the first scene isn't super sweet or anything. It just kind of sets everything up. But yeah, the first third, I guess, is really like almost saccharine in a way where it's like, oh, it's like really it is for kids. It's like yeah. really cutesy kind of in the like way. I mean, Small Soldiers is kind of like this movie to a smaller degree, <laughs> yeah. you know, where I guess that's probably more our generation's gremlins. Like, it's not quite as good. I mean, it's Joe Dante also. But Small but, Soldiers uh, does that, too, where I have that experience of, like, if you're young and you only watch the first half of it, like, it's pretty cool until you get to, like, the GIs attacking the Barbies and, like, harassing them, like, in the end. And yeah. I think Dante has such a gift for that kind of uh what turn yeah he's so good at that like slow devolve into madness i mean you definitely see it in the burbs and you see it um yeah in some other things he's done he just has like that great like build in all of his movies it's like build and then disintegration or something (laughs) like he really like he gets suburbia so well yeah like this really feels like just like a classic like almost like a classic 50s Christmas movie or something in the beginning with like a little creature feature stuff involved. Uh, where it's just like, oh, he's like a good creature. Uh, Gizmo, the Mogwai or whatever. But then you think it, it'd be a movie about the boy choosing between the dog or the Mogwai in the end? <laughs> yeah, just something really lighthearted and then it becomes something completely, now for something completely different. Homicidal even. So has it been a big one for you guys growing up? Like, has it always been around or is it a more recent discovery? Uh, I've only seen it once before, I think. Once or tw- yeah, just one time before this, like a few years ago, and Connery had never seen it. I'd never seen it. Yeah, I've always heard about it, but I'd never seen it. So this is my first time ex- having the full thing happen to me all at once. Okay, so Connery, tell me your thoughts of Gremlins in terms of like it. It kind of does this insane like the only time it does this little voiceover. It explains like very important rules from mm-hmm. like this Asian like mystic who's just very quickly ignored. And then, are you surprised at the rules? Because every time I watch it now, I'm just so like, how did they make this work? And we understand it because it's so specific. It kind of just reminds me of just like a folklore monster rule thing. Like, they're all weird and obscure in some way. So I was like, I, I took very fast to the rules, I'll say. Where I was like, yep, that's set in stone. Those are the rules. Let's roll. Yeah, it's a, 
it's an interesting thing because I I think about them all the time and it's so easy to joke about it, you know, like, oh, don't get wet. You know, I can, (laughs) you know, it's it's a it's a strange like setup when you I I don't know. It's strange to me that it works, but he they do such a good job with it. Um, Yeah, it's like they set up three like was three very specific rules, right? Yeah, it's something that like just it's (sighs) it's weird because it is a kid's movie, but it's also very much not. Like, don't get the gremlins wet. Don't feed them at the, after midnight, and sunlight will kill them. Like it, it's it's like a more violent movie under the guise of a kids' film, kind of like Temple of Doom, I guess, which came yeah. out around the same time. And I guess both of those movies were in part why the PG thirteen rating was established. Mm. Um, yeah, but, it's those two and Red Dawn. It's all these oh, like yeah. it's like teen. It's movies about like. I guess Temple of Doom doesn't have this, but it's like that weird thing where like teenagers are doing dark things. So should it be different than adults doing dark things? And I think Red Dawn kind of gets into that in the same way Gremlins does. Yeah, yeah. It gets like really dark and it's like for teens, but at the same time, it's um, you don't see a lot of movies like this that turn so dark, but still don't like they don't feel like the whole movie's thrown off like it still feels cohesive and like you said the effects work is really well you said the stop motion and everything the puppetry is really great like the the pool scene when the gremlin falls in like that whole pool is just bubbling and everything <laughs> it's pretty great oh yeah i mean if we can start at the end that the final kill of striper on top of the fountain with the sun bursting in is you know yeah. it to me, it's, it's in this. It's in the same goopy pantheon as like Carpenter's The Thing and all this stuff. Like it's so <laughs> yeah. weird, but they just they go full tilt with it, and I think that's why the movie works so damn well. So I've never looked up what Mogwai translates to until g- jumping on this podcast. I just figured it was like a made up word. Yeah. I assumed such, and when you look it up from Cantonese, it's like devil, or it's evil spirit, or it's monster, and it has like a very negative connotation to it from the outright, which I think is an interesting thing. Um, You know, I think the movie is, you know, it has a little bit of this like Asian mysticism to it, but I don't think it's uh i don't think it's too rude about it but it is yeah it is interesting that they would choose the word mogwai that's so evil but then the kid that gives it to the dad he's such a nice young kid that just wants some money for his family shop it's like the the gremlin is the evil demon that comes out or whatever in like in nice packaging of of the mogwai (laughs) or whatever yeah Um, i always and I don't know, maybe you guys feel different, but I always thought like Gizmo and like the furry cute ones, those are Mogwai and like yeah. gremlins yeah. are the next form. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. There's something else. Yeah. Um, like it's an 80s American movie and like, I don't know, now- nowadays you wouldn't make a movie with like Chinese mysticism in the same way. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily like that bad. No, I don't. I don't think it's bad. It's just it's interesting to me that the direct translation is so like negative and evil. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm curious why you know, like kind of tangent, but the only other n- place I've ever seen the name Mogwai is there's a post rock band that's like Scottish, and <laughs> yeah. their name is Mogwai. 
right. they have a great album called Mogwai Fear Satan. So it's <laughs> kind of like, okay, you know, what does this mean to different people maybe throughout culture? And I think that's kind of fear of the devil, which I think is kind of in a lot of, you know, like kind of folklore and in a lot of Christmas movies, you know, if you get down to it. So it's kind of an interesting yeah, little take. There's evil inside all of us. We are all Mogwai. We are all Mogwai. We're all cute sometimes until after 8 Mm -hmm. p.m. Until we're really hungry. Until we're really hungry (laughs) or you put us in bright light. (laughs) Yeah, don't put me outside. Um, What I was trying to say is I'm not the authority on how this movie tackles quote-unquote like Far East mysticism and everything. Um, Like I don't think it's like super offensive. I would say that like... Uh, the the guy playing the grandpa, his name is Kai Luke. He's like one of the first Chinese American actors to really like make it, like make it big oh, wow. in in Hollywood. Like he's he played a lot, like he was the original Kato in the Green Hornet serials, like from the from the early forties. Oh, tight. Um, he's known for <laughs> these movies, of course. He's in like the that TV show Kung Fu with David Carradine, which was supposed to be Bruce Lee. He was in Hollywood for a very long time, so I think it's pretty cool. It's like, it's this uh, Joe Dante thing where he's like, you know, keeping track of Hollywood history and like having like an old timer kind of like, I'm trying to think of someone who's like not quite as famous as uh, Kurt Russell, but like having someone like that in a movie now, like he's obviously still a star, I guess. I don't know, maybe even something like James Hong or something like that. Like he's just been around forever and uh, is still in movies a lot and stuff, so. And I think the movie... Like when when you look at just things in Gremlins, there's so many fun ideas, and I think what's in throughout it is you can see that Dante's just a big film fan. It's from yeah, you know, early in the movie, like the mothers watching It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. very quickly, and I think it's kind of like setting up. Oh, this isn't your classic, you know, Christmas movie. You know. He says Merry Christmas movie house, and that's what ends up killing a good majority of all the gremlins. Exactly. Only because they watch <laughs> Snow White, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why do they like Snow White? They like to sing. Yeah, I guess you're right. They they like to sing, which is established, you know, from I love the one little opening scene with Gizmo as he's playing that little terrible like xylophone type keyboard. And yeah. and Gizmo's matching pitch to it. It's so great. Yeah, Gizmo's singing throughout this whole movie. We're just being like, Gizmo, do you want some chicken? He's just like, no, no. Little little Howie Mandel voice. <laughs> no. I guess Howie Mandel voiced Gizmo. Oh is, wow, really? It just feels weird being like our our age uh, around our like age group or whatever, like late twenties, early thirties, and stuff. Like thinking Howie Mandel, it's like he's the he's dealer the no uh, deal guy. He's the contestant show guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's dealer no <laughs> dealer deal. no deal. Yeah, dealer no deal. <laughs> but it's like he was in movies and stuff in the eighties for sure, and yeah. he was like a comedian and stuff. Whenever the Gremlins had a gun, I was really scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have these little pea shooters that are really yeah. scared. Well, there's the one that has like a hat that he cuts holes into or whatever. Yeah, he's like the bank robber gremlin. <laughs> I really loved all the different kinds of gremlins in this. What were your guys' favorite gremlins? I love um, Texas Chainsaw Gremlin at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, well, that's, yeah, it's like the, the main bad guy at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, Stripe. I think, yeah, I just think the way that they start shooting it, it gets so intense and handheld and, like, all rickety. Yeah, truly. And I think that's where the movie's just, like, fully off its rocker. Um, I really like that one. 
it's so bizarre like especially that scene like you're saying like how effective that is as in a blockbuster film like that's something that just shouldn't work that well mm-hmm. or feel real or anything but it, it it it's really effective it's funny it's scary at the same time it's like i'm thinking of the only other thing i can think of similar to it is like peter jackson's meet the feebles which is mostly just disgusting and like foul <laughs> and it came out like 10 years after this it's basically just like the muppets but like they're all like fucked up basically and the whole point is for it to be like comedy horror but like it's very self-aware i mean this is too but it just works in a blockbuster level instead of this or or instead of meet the feebles or happy time murders you know (laughs) yes that's a great comparison it's just so um i think you know i think later especially like our generation we saw these like the obsession over what do you want to call it like furbies or some of these cute toys but like they always you know people always tend to think now you see furbies in like what was that movie i just watched meet the mitchells and like furbies all of a sudden they're like a big villain in the end of that movie that's right yeah and oh, it, is it mitchell's versus the machines mitchell's mitch's mitchell's versus the machines right thank yeah. you yeah but it's like why <clears throat> like why did people turn furbies in the last 20 years into like this villain-esque disturbing creepy they're, thing and it, they're I, always kind of creepy I, I can i tell you guys a story really quick from my childhood uh yes Okay, so my sister, past and impending guest, Grayson Hansen, had these things called Dream Garden Babies. <laughs> is, this a, is this a real thing? This is a real thing. Okay. These are real. You could smell their heads, and they smell like different things. Like oh there was like, a strawberry one, a peach one. And for the longest time, I think she got bored with it at some point, so she kept it at the bottom of her toy chest. And in the middle of the night, this thing would go off, and you'd hear all of a sudden... <laughs> with like this music playing in the background and for a long time we're like where is it where is it grace is like it's, it's i've lost it it's haunting me, or something like that but i just remember my mom like being like it wake in the middle of the night being like turn that thing off <laughs> but it just go off by itself it was the creepiest thing in the world so in summation toys are creepy yeah <laughs> Obviously, like all toys that make some kind of weird sound. I do want a diamond encrusted Furby, like in Uncut Gems. We all do. Oh yeah, we we need that. I mean, I think the movie, like you know, it, it eventually gets to this with the the traveling salesman father. Every you know, <laughs> everything they try to do is to capitalize on making these. You know, they want to make little gizmo into a household toy that replaces yeah. the dog you know everything's like this capitalist notion and i think like it ending in that kind of like i think it ends in a toy shop or something towards the end you know it, it's an interesting a candy s- shop that stripe goes into yeah you can definitely tell there's uh, a lot of thought here about maybe some of these things not being a great idea for children you know yeah, I yeah. mean, even like at the end, the grandpa, like the whole theme, which is pretty uh, uh, heavy-handed, I guess. But like the grandpa at the end who comes and gets uh, Gizmo back, he's just like, "Oh, like you." He basically says, "Like you, like he's saying humanity, but he's kind of yeah. like also like you Americans, like can't you are you can't uh, hold on to anything in nature. You just have to abuse it and try to sell it and everything." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, that's pretty good." Like yeah, 80s. That's what he wanted to do. Thing. <laughs> what, in what way were you saying? 
that uh oh <laughs> it's it's the shot where gizmo is just holding an american flag oh, and connery <laughs> was like gizmo is america in gizmo this scene because it's like the most literal metaphor but it's like you know in a way the gremlins are communism yeah. oh, and if you boy. look at it if you kind of look at it in that way, I'm not saying that's what they're actually saying, but it does feel kind of like it feels very 50s influenced mm-hmm. and like 50s creature feature and like that all that stuff is like there's so many analogies for communism and everything. It's just like, oh, they just keep growing and growing. But like Gizmo, like American uh, exceptionalism and like and uh, in, in, uh, individual freedom or whatever. Like I'm not saying that the movie's actually saying that, but it just more so that it feels like a 50s movie. If we brought someone from 1950s and showed them this movie, they'd take that away. <laughs> They take what away? The what analogy? You just said, yeah. Oh. Well, maybe. Maybe. What do you think, Cutter? I mean, I, I think it's definitely there. Like, if you look in the background of the house, like, there's all these kind of, like, token-type travel trinkets hung up everywhere from the dad. You know, like, when he first gets into the house, he, like, hangs up a pair of swords really quickly. Like, <laughs> yeah. he brought them <laughs> back. Down. So, I do think... I'm not sure about the communist idea, but I do think there's like some kind of like, oh, look at my showmanship of I've been to this land and brought something back with me and using it Mm. better. Um, I don't know if that's communistic, but I do like the idea of it. You know, I remember I was going to say I was telling Tyler this cutter. But I watched this movie. I was like, this dad gives me giant big fish energy. (laughs) Oh, I could see it. Dude, for a yeah. long time, I don't know who I thought this dad was, but I thought it was John Candy, and it's not. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Who is this guy? He's like... His no. voice sounded really familiar to me. His name is Hoyt Axton. Yeah. Has he done anything, any voice work? American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and actor. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember. I just thought it was you know planes trains and automobile guy growing up and it's <laughs> definitely not but it's got that same outfit with that long trench coat and hat you know yeah look i wasn't actually making the point that this movie is about communism but it just makes me feel like it's a 50s movie yeah. in that way like sci-fi but i guess it's even more so that's that's more point to the point like you're just saying cutter like oh like look where all the places i've been and he kind of the dad treats uh gizmo as like just an us like yeah i need it I need a uh, something to get my son for Christmas, right? Yeah. And but also thinks he can use it like maybe not better, but he's just like just with reckless abandon he uses and he wants this to powerful use him thing as an, as an item to sell and not a living thing. Yeah. So this movie's kind of like anti-capitalist in a way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it very much is, and like those ideas are explored in Gremlins too, like in such a huge way because it totally abandons all the Christmas stuff and like the, yeah, the kind of, you know, that anti-capitalism stuff could also be seen in the dad's inventions, how they're all kind of like whimsical and cool sounding, but they all break after a week. Oh, well, there's also the thing where it's, there is some sort of, uh, American nationalism aside from (laughs) Gizmo holding the flag where, (laughs) um, Futterman, who tells everybody oh, about yeah. the uh, about the gremlins in the first mm-hmm. place? Because he's like back in WWII, <laughs> uh, he's just like this is a Kentucky tractor. No, like no foreign it's, thing. It's because you bought this foreign car. Why it doesn't work or whatever. So it's kind of like like they kind of get their come up. It's like, do they die? Do they get run over by the tractor? Oh, they get smushed. Oh yeah, they're dead. Like <laughs> it. It's kind of crazy how they find a way to wipe out all of the gremlins. Like. <laughs> like yeah. it's convenient yeah but 
you know, they, um, I, I think it's kind of like a satire of those, like, old time, like you said, the 50s movie is kind of like a, it's like the thing from outer space or the blob or the, you know, it's kind of like those fun disaster things where things come and go with a quickness just to kind of like keep the energy up with your heroes. Yeah. And relationship between like the main character and uh, Phoebe Cates' character, it feels kind of, it feels very like 50s. Oh man, um, I do. That reminds me is that I do want to talk about the the reveal of Phoebe Cates and why Christmas. she's so down on Christmas. I mean, if I was to <laughs> compare it to anything like that movie I talked about that I watched the the to all a good night where all of the you know all of the Santas are murdered in London, like that's her father being a Santa that dies and that is what is affecting her is such a disturbing turn like an hour really into is. this yeah. movie and then she like it kind of like a midsummer vibe to me like when her family dies from car exhaust fumes yeah i was like i don't know why this feels similar to me it's not but it feels that way it gets really hardcore and she like talks about she talks about like her wrists being opened up and like really she like throws yeah. away these like disturbed thoughts very quickly like, like she seems like the quintessential fifties girlfriend, but she's actually really disturbed. I think Yeah, it's... and like for good reason. Yeah. Too. And it's like a it's like, oh, you wouldn't mention any of these things in a fifties movie either. No. Or like in fifties society. Mm-hmm. Look, somebody from is time gonna time travel. Doc has almost a doc Doc. Doc Brown is gonna travel from the fifties and say, That's not how things were, but <laughs> I got your dad out of the chimney. It was Doc Brown that did it. Hey, it's the same set. As from Back to the Future. Oh yeah, I warped your dad into the chimney. But, it's um, the whole, yeah. it's the all the universal backlot, and it's like all I think, and I think that's some of like what they play up into is that this is that town that you've seen in movies so many times, and that's kind of like I think that's why it's starting with It's a Wonderful Life as kind of like well we're not this Christmas movie and then veers off from there is like always a nice little thing it has at the beginning. There's a certain desire, maybe it's just me, to, like, wreck towns like that, especially in movies, where, like, when there is chaos in that town, it just feels right, almost, to me. <laughs> I don't know why, where I'm like, where like, everything's like, oh, it's so quintessential piece, and then also I'm like, chaos! <laughs> like, the whole town's thrown on its head. I don't know. Did I just suppose myself for being crazy? Uh, No, I mean... There's something, it feels like a big toy set kind of in a way. Yes, like, exactly. Feels, and that's why you have the urge to like smash them up. Like the beginning, it feels very, like it feels artificial, but in a way that works in the service of the story. Cause it, it like I was, it, it feels melodramatic in a way that's not as, as, uh, as clear as something like Far From Heaven, mm-hmm. like that movie with like Dennis Quaid and, um, uh, Juliet, uh, Child. Um, <laughs> Robert. What? Julianne Moore. Dear God, I need to stop just saying actors' names because I forget them all. Uh, Dennis Quaid and Julianne Moore, very like melodramatic, uh, like Douglas Sirk kind of movie. Like this doesn't feel as melodramatic, but it feels like very artificial and heightened in a lot of ways. Mm. And it's not set in the fifties. If it was, it would be more obvious. But it just it has that kind of like small town suburbia vibe. And I know that's the time when jo- Joe Dante grew up too. Yeah, totally. So, but um, that that uh, that whole uh, scene, uh, the executives wanted to cut out where she's explaining what ha- why she hates Christmas and everything. Oh, that's bullshit. Um, I'm glad they cut that in. 
Yeah, because they're like they weren't sure if it was supposed to be funny or sad, and Joe Dante's like, well, it's kind of uh, represents oh. the entire film in this one scene because yeah. the <laughs> it's the whole movie's funny and like tr- traumatic. <laughs> Spielberg wanted to cut it out too because he thought it was too gruesome but it's like that quintessential scene with jazz gremlin and puppet gremlin one is sad and the other one's having the time of his life oh (laughs) spielberg wanted to cut it out but he respected joe dante's decision because he even though he had final cut i think spielberg did but he just Mm. is joe dante's movie what are you gonna say cutter uh i just look at i think it's interesting you know if you think there's mixed things uh going on in the production like i'm surprised this movie came out in june it says it was a summer movie. I just always have known it as a, a Christmas movie. And it says it came out on June 8th, 1984. Yeah. I guess because probably they tried to, they wanted it to be a big blockbuster. And especially back then, the movies didn't come out all year round like they do now. Like, yeah, even, yeah. Even not bad movies come out in January now. You know, like there's just so many movies that come out, even with streaming. Like, they, so many come out to, 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 to theaters that it's just like, it was just a totally different theater environment movies would be out for longer too but it's just like yeah this would definitely come out in like november nowadays yeah that makes sense it's like a play for christmas and everything so yeah i mean like i said i only ever see it at christmas time and i think that is very much a part of the movie but um you know people make whatever movie they want a christmas movie nowadays if as long as it makes it feel good you know do you think he is influenced by alien <laughs> with <laughs> with the gremlin pods oh boy i mean there is something gross about it i could see it it's very like a chrysalis kind of you know type thing i don't know if it's got ridley scott in its bones yeah because there's like this movie so influenced by i keep saying over and over like 50s or like 60s movies I was looking for anything that was like more modern that he could pull like cinematic influence from. And that's the only thing I could really come up with. Cause this movie is like, just as, as like a entertaining film as like a movie, like, like we said, like the rules are so like, they get stuck in your head and you can kind of like, they're almost like memeable in a way, Mm -hmm. just using that at a very, like the very definition of meme. Like it just gets stuck in your head and it's very easy to explain. Like besides that, I'm just saying like this movie is very influential. Like Connery, when we were watching it, where it's like, oh, there's this game called Overlord where you have these kind of like gremlin kind of like you're this like big Sauron kind of guy and you command all these gremlins basically to do your bidding. Yeah, love that game. There's that. And then it's just like I'm wondering if like Child's Play was in any way influenced by something like this. (laughs) I mean, they're not toys that come alive. I think it must. And in the in the sequel i think a lot of these like ideas of the different modes of a gremlin are explored especially when like they get into not being all just like a specific style they can become like whatever they want they get so (laughs) deep in it i like that yeah there's something so fun about like all the different kinds of gremlins in this that's like so like if this came out in the 90s they would have marketed it even more with all the different kinds of gremlins Oh like, yeah, flash, there were the flashing gremlin. <laughs> oh, there would have been. A... I feel like it's more like their personalities than like a like type of gremlin. But still, there's like oh, you could just you can name them all like real easily yeah. as action figures like Steam Ear Gremlin, Jazzercise Gremlin, <laughs> my favorite Gremlin Noir or a uh, Bogart Gremlin. I guess he's called sometimes. Puppet Gremlin. Well, <laughs> yeah. in uh in that new Space Jam, you can see a bunch of gremlins run by <laughs> oh, at one thank point. Thank God. Oh, good. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you enjoy Space Jam A New Legacy? I Kyle? have not seen it. I don't. Do, do you agree that there's only one thing that fathers want? Did you guys have a Space Jam franchise? Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, I missed that one. <laughs> Tuned out. I'm well, sorry. That's okay. To, it's to answer fine. Tyler's thing, dads only respect one thing, and that's power. Yeah, it's a line in that movie. Well, I don't know. I feel like Stripe has. <laughs> Does your dad only respect power? <laughs> 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 we got him. Got him. <laughs> got him. Wow, I just learned. I just somehow the Space Jam New Legacy took me to an upcoming animated fantasy comedy called Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai that is in production. Oh. It comes out next year on HBO Max. Yeah, I was going to say, like, talking about, uh, I was going to bring it back to this, the mysticism of this movie, and he's mm. the fact that he's, like, the mysticism and, like, uh, like the origins of the Mogwai and, like, Chinese culture and stuff like that, like, it's it's very much not fleshed out. Uh, I mean, look, I guess there's one thing where there's, like, no, man, what go, does he say? Look. The dad says something about dragon breath, and then there's a gong sound. It's like, okay, that's not great. But I'm just saying, like, the secrets of the Mogwai show, like, like the creative team behind it is is largely uh, Asian-American screenwriters. Like, I think that's the missing link for me in this series. It's, like, explaining where they came from, but in a way that, like, isn't offensive, <laughs> you know? And I think that it would, it would help the series in a way, too. Well, did you guys... Oh, Tyler, oh, Tyler cut or go. Oh, uh, I was just saying, like, I mean, I, I think for all the ideas it has, the movie... Go watch the first five, ten minutes of the movie. The explanation of the rules is done over like a real leftover slow-mo shot of the dad walking with the little yeah. crate with it's the only voiceover in the whole movie and then it jumps into it and to me it just feels like for such a great thought out set of rules that the whole movie is based around it's like an afterthought so it wouldn't yeah, like oh we forgot to shoot the scene and then they just like <laughs> shoot him walking and then they undercrank it so that the dialogue fits it better yeah exactly <laughs> and it makes me feel maybe like there's a version of the movie where our heroes discover those rules as they oh. you know as they reach the kid because they definitely kind of like go through that when he gets wet the first time and then he takes it to his teacher and the teacher helps him like that's so man what's that lovecraft movie with the scientist that like helps him figure out what's going on in the mouth of madness what movie nah, what a, oh reanimator. reanimator yeah it's like reanimator like all of a sudden they like they have these like mystical problems and then they bring it to a scientist to an educator to like halfway explain it and like make it work in the universe of the movie and it's a uh, i don't know it's it's fun it's a good time but it's a little goofy when you like take a step back from it so i am did excited you... for the 20s thing you're talking about tyler yeah did you guys ever watch the lilo and stitch series on disney channel <laughs> where like it was all stitch's cousins Oh hell they yeah! Like Six hundred and something or other failed experiments. Yeah, like that's... that's they. Okay, so they just copied Gremlins too, probably. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, yeah, <laughs> it's so like great. anything. Do you yeah. think Pokemon copied Gremlins? No. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. That's probably <laughs> like, not at all. Yeah, maybe. No. <laughs> um, there's just so many good little moments in this. Uh, like, like the Mogwai's playing Donkey Kong. That's yes, it's a good part. They're having playing so trumpet. much fun. Yeah. They're so rowdy in a group. <laughs> Even when they're like the cute ones, they're like rowdy. 
<laughs> one like vomits at the dog. Oh, he like spews his little brown goo towards like it's so strange. I don't know what they just do whatever they want. It's great. Yeah. I guess there's some indication in the beginning of this movie where it's going to lead in some ways in terms of its tone like the the woman coming to the bank to tell the main character she's going to spin dry his dog. A slow death. Yeah. Oh. Like, oh, all right. That's out of left field. <laughs> that w- it's like, hey, it, it softens you up a little bit for the craziness that's going to come. That woman coming by and like kind of being this weird antagonist is so like Wicked Witch of the West. And then, yeah. It, yeah. And then it goes nowhere. Like it's just right. to kind of like spook you about like the adults in the town, even though they don't really get in the mix once things get going. It's, it's yeah, I thought funny. the gremlins would like kill her or something, but it's just this random old lady. <laughs> I think Who's the, the lady that gets launched up the steps in her seat and gets launched out the window. Is that, that's a different lady, right? I think so. That's the one that, that has the great. car stolen. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Cause people like, like you know, the way it's not a slasher or anything. It's like people don't get their comeuppance or anything like that. It's just kind of like random chaos deaths, like caused by the gremlins, which I kind of like a lot because it's like the disintegration of society as opposed to all these people deserve to get hurt or, or killed. You know, do it's, humans uh, do humans in die in this movie? I don't. Yes, they run over two of them with a snowplow. Yeah, doesn't uh doesn't a gremlin like knock some gremlins knock over a cop car and then you see him like you hear an explosion off screen <laughs> like doesn't he blow up a, a couple of cops <laughs> is that what happens? I guess I just always was having such a good time with it. I've never really thought about right like a lot of that stuff just blows over your head. But like as as a kid or whatever or just you know in passing if you're just watching this movie in passing but you're just like wait a minute a gremlin literally tries to kill the girlfriend when she's leaving the bar with a gun. I really like the mom in this movie and uh oh, she's great she just is the first one to like she has her own little like john wick like scenario she of like, just wipes the floor with them <laughs> she just destroys like three gremlins right off the bat throws mm-hmm. one in the blender her husband made nukes one yeah those mm-hmm. decades are very like different well i was gonna say they're very sim- like the 80s is so nostalgic of the 50s that it's like uh. it feels like oh like like this is the mom scene. It starts in the kitchen. She's like the master of the kitchen or mm-hmm. something like, which is like obviously really reductive in, in yeah. a way, but it's like it's playing on very like basic tropes in those ways where it's like, oh, like what does the mom do? She has a TV tray uh, shield shield <laughs> to to ward off the gremlins yeah. and everything. Like it's kind of like it's more so. I think it very intentionally trying to play off of like very stereotypical suburbia. Mm-hmm. But she does just like wipe the floor with these gremlins until they're all in the tree and knock yeah. her over and everything. But, hey, don't mess don't with I just mama. Really enjoyed that. That part was pretty great. And then, uh, and then her son helps with the. Does, is that when he pulls the sword? Or is that a little bit later? Yeah, it's when he pulls the sword. The swords that the dad brought from the east. Oh, yeah, the, east. the generic east. Yes. Hey, so Howie Mandel voiced Gizmo and Frank Welker did Stripe. I didn't realize that. Oh. But he does. Just everything. <laughs> There's like a behind the scenes doc of this. Maybe it's on that Netflix like movies that made us show or something like that. And at one point, like they 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 shot some of it where Gizmo turns in the stripe and then turns back in the Gizmo. But then <laughs> they like they get rid of that. But that that was the original idea. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think Spielberg's like, oh, like you can't really do that. Like, I really like the the cuteness of Gizmo. He kind of has to say that way at the same time because he was like an executive producer on this. I think he bought this script originally and found Joe Dante to direct it. But um, it was how about that car scene? Huh? (laughs) It was the first Amblin movie, the car scene. Which car scene? Well, Gizmo. When Gizmo's in the little pink Cadillac. (laughs) Oh yeah, all timer. I send that. Yeah. I send that. I send that gift to people like a lot. It was like eh. it's just really pleasant for some reason. Like I could watch like like somebody needs to stretch that in like in the background. Like just put that on the background of a YouTube video that's like vapor wavy, like chill. What's that? Chill like wave a music. Lo-fi? Yeah, lo-fi beats to <laughs> yeah. like relax to with just like, like Gizmo boom. driving. <laughs> there must have been some kind of like pink barbie gizmo crossover at one point like where do i get that car like how do i buy it i did look it up on ebay there's one you could buy for 255 dollars right now oh great well there's still time for christmas if you're shopping for me yeah i really liked all the the deaths of the gremlins from all the different machines that the dad made uh i think the most horrifying thing he's ever invented though is that hydraulic hammer thing <laughs> oh right that terrified me you remember that one cutter yes i i i don't know it's so funny to me the dad he like kind of leaves the movie for a while but he really does he like really checks out for a bit like his character but his presence is so felt because of all the weird inventions and like i guess their upbringing of the family but mm-hmm. yeah you definitely tell that the mom kind of runs the house while the dad's yeah. like going off on his you know on his business trips but you can also tell like they have a good relationship even yeah. though he's like a traveling businessman and stuff because like and his inventions all suck <laughs> like he like there's that machine that's powered by an artichoke which is just the most ridiculous it's like such a good visual gag it yeah. just makes no sense whatsoever but she like looks at it and it's not working well at all like it's yeah, just oh like, it's a coffee machine that's like yeah. powered by an artichoke and, and she just like kind of looks at him lovingly and like laughs and it's just like oh that's really she's like, i can't drink nice. this <laughs> yeah there's even uh some other little parts where it's just like like i was saying him capturing suburbia so well like the positive sides of it too it's not all pure like satire where it's mm-hmm. just like well, it's satire at the same time. It's kind-hearted where Futterman or whatever, he's just like, are you messing with my TV? Mm-hmm. Like to his wife because yeah. all the gremlins are on and the... She's uh, like, you're sitting on the remote. And he's like, yeah, oh, I am. <laughs> you're sitting on the thingy. And he's just like, oh, you're right. <laughs> or like the older couple that's like putting together the Christmas tree ornaments and it's yeah. just like, should I get the door? And she's like, yes, you should get the door. It's just like very simple <laughs> conversations that just stand out to me because they're just very extremely like mundane suburban... Com- like not even suburbia, but just like living in a household yeah conversations a healthy relationship in a suburban household (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) and that's why like the movie to me it's just like non-stop like the whole time like i can watch that movie it like is relentless with its laughs with its like carnage with you know the spectacle of watching these puppets that like that's why i can watch it every single year and like not really get sick of it yeah, it's nonstop, but it still knows when to like keep the pace up. Like, like there's one part when we were watching it, and Connery was like, "Oh, they really lost the thread a little bit here when they're in the uh, bar because the bar yeah. scene goes for a little bit." But I do love it. It's just like a candy shop yeah. kind of scene where, but it's like, yeah, like they kind of delve away from the, they jump away from the plot for a little while mm. to uh, they hang out with the weird gremlins to just show all the gremlins in the bar and like playing cards and stuff, which is great. Yeah. But, 
you know it's probably like the least tight scene but it's still really enjoyable oh i mean there's a part where isn't like at one point he just like is upside down like drinking out of a beer tap like just full full debauchery yeah that's great well, you know, I, I, I hate to be the one to say this, but can we do like little final thoughts and we'll reconvene in Gremlins 2? Uh, sounds great. Uh, you know, Gremlins 2 is, if you think this one's, you know, crazy, that's the one where it goes absolutely absurd bonkers. <laughs> but this is a movie that, uh, you know, as far as a, a franchise, you know, this first movie is the one I really love and I think, you know, stands the test of time as far as a you know a little a teen adventure kind of dark comedy thing it's great it's got a little bit of everything and i love it a lot uh tyler final thoughts um yeah i'm really excited for the second movie because it just seems like one of those weird sequels like that is still good but it's just kind of like it's okay this is what do we do with the sequel we kind (laughs) of just like make it as ridiculous as possible um, so I'm just really looking forward to my expectations of that. But given that, like, the original movie is also really bonkers and just thinking of how they can, ex- like, make it even weirder is really appealing to me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've only seen this movie twice, but I really, really enjoy it. Um, it's it's definitely one of those, like, just off-kilter Christmas movies if you're tired of watching Hallmark Christmas movies or <laughs> classic Christmas movies. It's almost 40 years old now, but, wow. you know, it feels like an 80s movie, but it's still just like there's nothing about it that feels like like it's just very entertaining. Yeah, it doesn't feel super know? dated. Yeah. Um, just It's just kind of like a it's a stone cold classic. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say for my final thoughts, I first time seeing it and I totally understand why it's a classic now. It's totally bonkers, but I had a lot of fun watching it and I can see myself watching this again at some point in the future. And uh, on that note, I just want to thank Judge Reinhold personally for gracing our podcast four episodes in a row. <laughs> four uh, episodes in a row, wow. Yeah, we yeah. just covered the Santa, Santa Claus, Claus movies. Yeah. So, Oh, okay. Any of y'all haven't listened to them and still want some Christmas cheer and some Christmas violence in Santa Claus 3 <laughs> against your own eyes, um, <laughs> that movie will burn out your cornea. Um, check those out. Check out the, the the podcast, at least. Cutter White, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Uh, will you join us on Gremlins 2, perhaps? Yeah, see you in New York City. See you at Trump, yeah. see ya. New York City. See you at Trump plug? Tower. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Do you have anything to plug before we go? Oh, nothing to plug. Uh, you know, just continue to support your little local indie theaters. If you're going out to the movies, not everything is... HBO Max this time of year. <laughs> Connor, what do you have to plug? If you enjoy the sound of my voice, and you also enjoy tabletop role playing games. I've been listening to an echo of myself this entire episode. It's hard to concentrate, but if you enjoy the sound of my voice, you might also enjoy Starship Impala. It's an actual play role playing podcast where me and four other friends play the Starfinder game. You can find us on SoundCloud or the Apple Podcast app. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, follow me at Tiami Vice on Instagram for any photo shoots that I've been doing, putting up. Uh, follow me at on Twitter and Letterbox at the same things to see some inane tweets that I put out or just retweeting a bunch of uh, Americana brand memes. They're always good. Or, <laughs> and just see what I've been uh, 
what I've been watching on my letterbox to interact with me in any social way. Any social any way. Any social way. That's needs, not weird. We need socializing. We know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you we, need socializing. I need socializing because society yeah. <laughs> has done me wrong. He turned cold and cruel. As I'm a moving child. to Texas <laughs> <laughs> to start my podcast and shuck vitamin multivitamins to people. Uh, follow us at Franchise Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, uh, any other social media, basically. Uh, email us at the franchise podcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, compliments, concerns. Mm. Uh, we'll read out anything you want. Anything. Anything. Anything oh at this point. <laughs> um, give us five star ratings on Apple Podcasts. It'll help us to grow the show. And uh, give us a little written review on there, too. It'll be even better. Yeah. Uh, and until next time, why don't you come over and see my new apartment? I haven't seen your old apartment. Solid disc. That's the only quote I wrote down for some <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.